Jamison. Yes. What is this? Jamison. This is a rooted corner with Jamison. Everybody dancing. Oh, that's nice. Hello and welcome. No, that's my best Bobby um, impersonation, but I'm not going to do that. Welcome to the Schooner Pod. This is your special edition of the Cruton Corner. Just me today, nothing else. So we got early signing period on Wednesday, and I'm here to get y'all up to date with what's going on. Put everything into one little podcast so y'all can listen to it and make sure you know what's going on. Make sure you're on top of things. I understand we've had little, you know, five-minute Cruton Corner sessions throughout the year, and it's kind of hard to follow it. Um, so let's put it all into one podcast, and I'll go through every single commit that we have right now and every single target and make sure everyone knows what's going on. So first of all, let's check out and look at our commits first, and we'll go from highest rank to lowest rate according to 247. Uh, we'll say this, that Rivals does have a lot of – Better recruiting for the OU targets than 247. They have them in higher rankings. We have more five stars according to them. Uh, I guess five-star targets. But 247 has a little composite ranking where they take ESPNs, rivals, their own rankings, and molds them all into one. So that's kind of what I like to follow for recruiting rankings. So we'll start with Caleb Williams. Everyone knows who he is. He's from Washington, D.C., and he's now already moved in to uh, Norman his family in him. He has his own apartment and he's been hosting recruits. We've seen that he's hosting recruits, even though we cannot have any official visits at all. He's been the guy bringing in all these guys and um, trying to get them to sign Sooners. I will say this before we go any farther. We did see Emeka Egbuka commit to Ohio state and not Oklahoma um, last Friday. That was a heartbreak, but I did say on the pod that we thought that the tea leaves are reading towards OU, but unfortunately it doesn't look like they were that accurate right, right after a visit. As soon as you visit OU and then you say you're going to announce somewhere you think, Oh, he's going to announce to OU. But the, the, the whole thing was he wanted to see OU before he made a decision. And even though he really liked OU, I think Ohio state had such a longstanding relationship with him that it was hard for him not to choose that. So the timeline was a little tricky there, but oh well, we have a really good um, recruiting class when it comes down to wide receivers in this class and in the following in, um, in 2022, and we'll get to that today. So let's start with Caleb Williams. Like I said, he's from D.C. He's our recruiter, and according to 247, his, his player comparison is Russell Wilson. So he's a first-round draft pick um, projected to the NFL. Russell Wilson comparison. You know, he's not a runner to the point where it's like a Kyler Murray uh, everyone wants to compare every single OU quarterback to, you know, someone who's played before. So what is Caleb Williams? Is he more of a Baker Mayfield or a Kyler Murray? You know, honestly, he's more of a Spencer Rattler um, with a lot less of the, the, you know, the Baker-like throws, the, you know, his trick videos that Spencer posts. But if you have to compare Caleb Williams to a OU quarterback, it'd probably more be Spencer. Uh but yeah, he's he's got speed, he's got strength, he's got great accuracy, very, very smart. You know, he's got the whole package, and he's gonna be great in this offense. And all scouts say that we struck gold with this guy. Like he is going to be perfect for us, and Lincoln Riley is just gonna have a field day. And we've seen that we're not scared to put in young quarterbacks. Once Spentler Rattler has had his time, 
it will be Caleb Williams time moving forward unless Chandler Morris turns into some superstar quarterback. So once Spencer Rattler has his three years of eligibility in college, he'll move on and Caleb Williams will come in as a redshirt freshman and do just what Spencer Rattler did as well. So yes, it's honestly perfect, perfect setting for um, Caleb Williams to come in. So next highest on the rankings would be Billy Bowman. He's from Denton, Texas. He's a very high end four star according to two, four, seven. Um, former five-star and on rivals, so not anymore, but still very good. Number 38th player ranked in the nation. And he's been recruited as an athlete, but we will put him at wide receiver. Uh, he could play D-back, say, if something came up where he's not getting the amount of snaps he wants a wide receiver, which probably is unlikely because our wide receiver room is quite small right now. We could move him to D-back. Um, he has a lot of good tape there. Uh, but he's probably going to want to play wide receiver. His two four seven player comparison is Cyrus Jones from Baltimore Ravens, so more of a defensive player. Um, he's just a straight up athlete. He's fast. He's he's not like a burner fast, but he's he's got very very good speed. Um, he's not Hollywood Brown speed, but but the next level down beyond that. Another really smart guy can do everything on the field, sees things, returns punts, does everything you want. Will be a great weapon for. Uh, for Caleb Williams moving forward. And it's sad to say this, but when we first got Billy Bowman, we were like, oh, this is a pretty good step-down replacement if we don't get a Mecca Agbuka. So we got to be very happy we got Billy Bowman. We did not think we were going to get him um, because he was a Texas commit. And then he decommitted when all the Texas craziness happened. And also his girlfriend is a softball player for Oklahoma, which was very big for him to follow her here. Shows his commitment to her, shows his commitment to us. So that's a very good thing moving forward. And plus, you know, if the girlfriend stays, he stays. Um, no one-time transfer rule. So that's good to keep him um, solidified here as a Sooner. Next wide receiver, it's going to be joining Caleb Williams, who I'm really excited about in this class, and I really hope we continue to sign him. All the, okay, let me just preface this before we go any further. All of these commits that we have right now, I do not foresee them flipping somewhere. I think I feel like we're very solid with them. I feel like the the uncertainties moving into this signing day are the um the guys that are not signed and I know that's what everyone wants to hear the most but we will get to that at the end. We will go through all of our recruits right now. So Mario Williams um out of Florida. So he's out of the Miami area in Plant City. Uh that now this guy's this guy's perfect. Perfect for the OU offense. You can put him – he's a little bit smaller. You know, he's he's 5'10". He's fast, though. He's really, really fast. Um, you know, 247 say he's, he's more of a quick guy than a fast guy. We could put him in the slot. We could put him in the outside. I, I think he's going to be great for us. Uh, they project him as Elijah Moore from Ole Miss, which I think is an insult, to be completely honest. I think Elijah Moore is a very good wide receiver, but I think Mario Williams could be a star. Um my my comparison for all OU guys, I think you could see him as a Sterling Shepard kind, kind of guy. He's that good. I think he should get uh, snaps as a freshman. I think it will be very easy to get snaps as a freshman or a wide receiver. Um, and he will just be special for us. And I'm really excited to see that we got him and we got to him to commit before even visiting Oklahoma. That's how good he was for Oklahoma. And now we're, we're good moving into Wednesday. So hopefully everything stays solid there. So next up is our highest rated defensive commit and his name is Clayton Smith. Clayton Smith Smith is from Texarkana in Texas and he is a high end four star according to 247. Took a big jump in the rivals rankings recently and now um, his composite ranking is 43rd in the nation. Um we will have him 
as a kind of a defensive end, maybe at the Ronnie Perkins position, but he can play if he wanted to move out to linebacker. He is that big of an athlete. He, he plays both ways at his high school. He had a highlight tape where he, he had a really, really nasty one handed catch. Uh, this guy can do everything. We're very lucky to have him. We were in a fight between us and Texas for him when we snagged him. It's always good whenever we can get big time defensive commits out of the Texas area. And he's going he's gonna to be really good for us. We, we definitely need more D-line moving forward because all of our guys that are really good right now, they're going to leave for the draft here pretty soon. I, I don't suspect um, Isaiah Thomas to leave, uh, but the way Ronnie Perkins is playing, even though I think it would be better him to leave, I mean to stay, I think leaving, he's going to have a high draft grade from this little sample size that he has right now. We need more D-line people, especially last year whenever our recruiting class was like only JUCO guys, you know. So uh, looking good for Clayton Smith. He's our best defensive player in this uh, class and will be a fun guy to watch moving forward. Another defensive lineman is our next highest rated in this class. It's Kelvin Gilliam. He is from Virginia, and he is probably going to play more of a strong side defensive end or a D tackle if he gains some weight. He has the frame to put on the weight. He's at 250 right now, probably a little heavier from his last listed. Um, and he's, you know – He's going he's gonna to be really good for us as well. This is a guy that the Caleb William effect went in full throttle for him. Um, he plays at the same high school as another OU commit in Damon Harmon as well. So that also helped. Um, and this, we, whenever you get high-end four-star guys coming into OU as a defense, that is so huge for us moving forward because it was we were just rejoicing if we even got four-star um, non-our region uh, defensive guys you know we were lucky with Dr- Justin Broyles being a high-end four-star whenever he came through even though he really hasn't materialized and we've missed on a lot of Oklahoma five stars like Dax Hill and then Justin Proctor but getting guys not in our area that are very high recruit number 104 recruit in the nation according to his composite he is higher in rivals I believe uh is, is just huge for us so a defensive tackle moving forward look for him to kind of play the way, uh, not not similar game style, but the similar position to what Jalen Redmond has, uh, I would believe. So a guy that can be defensive end or move inside to de-tackle. Um, next up, we've got um, Cody Jackson, who was on You Just Got Mossed the other night. So that was awesome. He's a wide receiver uh, out of um, Richmond, Texas. He is a middle-of-the-line four-star. Very good. He was the earliest commit that we had in this class and was very vocal, was, we thought was going to be our leader until Caleb Williams came in. And, you know, Caleb Williams is by far, he's got Sports Illustrated articles talking about him and that he writes. So it's hard to kind of outdo that as a later leader. 247 itself, not their composite, has him as the 56th ranked player in the nation, so they view him higher than much other recruiting sites. So this is still a very good wide receiver. And if you're on You Got Moss, you've obviously got some talent. Uh, he's he's going to be very good for us moving forward. His comparison, according to 247, is Marquise Lee. I know that not a lot of people have heard of Marquise Lee in a long time, but very good USC wide receiver back in the back in the day. Had a couple good years in Jacksonville um, before he went down with a big injury about a year and a half ago. Um, so yes, would be a great addition. That's three wide receivers I've listed now in this class that are very high end four star guys. So we should be very lucky there. And then the last wide receiver commit that we have in this class, who's also another middle line four star guy, is Jalil Farouk, one of Caleb Williams' best friends. He is from uh, the Maryland area, and he's he's got he's got a good frame. 
and his comparison is to Riley Ridley. So that's another good comparison there. He, they say he carry, he carries this weight on him. He is like at 200 pounds, but he does not run like he's a 200 pounder. This is a guy that would be really good about positioning his body. He's, he's six foot one, you know, you'd hope that he'd be a little bit taller. If he was probably six foot three, he'd be one of the best receivers ranked in the nation. He's just got everything you want from a wide receiver. It's he, he's very very talented. And his tank look, his tape looks very very good. So um, another great wide receiver moving in this class. Four four star commits that we will put around Caleb Williams and hopefully can get um, some early production in this thin wide receiver room that we have. So next up is our first Oklahoma commit. Uh, out of the Weatherford area, Weatherford, Oklahoma, is Ethan Downs. He was the next highest, um, next soonest uh, guy to get in the boat with Cody Jackson. And he got his offer at an Oklahoma camp. He was, a lot of people thought him, thought highly of him and uh, his work ethic and his versatility as a uh, defensive end and a linebacker at Weatherford. But Oklahoma is a little bit unsure about offering guys in state. Because as soon as you offer a guy in state, you know that that's their spot. Um, you can't just willy-nilly hand out offers to people like you do on the East and West Coast because you never know if they're just going to hop in. Oklahoma guys, you have to say, okay, that's for sure a spot, and we have to leave it alone for now if we offer anywhere in Oklahoma. So, yeah, he's very, very big on Oklahoma, huge Oklahoma fan growing up. So this is like his dream. Really, really good in camps and testing. Problem is, like, we don't know much more than that because he plays at Weatherford. There's not good competition there, especially with COVID. We wish we could have seen him at um, big-time camps, like the opening and stuff. I think he'll test well. This guy, I I really hope he'll um, make a big jump at OU. Um, He's probably got a little bit of time to put on some more weight, some more muscle to get him going to where he could play that weak side defensive end. Um, and move forward with that. But I think he will be a good pass rusher for us moving forward. Next up is a cornerback out of Austin, Texas, Latrell McCutcheon. He's got a very, very you know, big mouth on him. He likes to trash talk, and his rankings have been plummeting. He used to be one of the best cornerbacks ranked in the nation, then he tore his ACL. Now he's uh, .91 according to 247 player composite. Um, and it's weird that him coming out of Austin, you think that he would be big on, uh, Texas, but Texas didn't offer him that early. And that really put a chip on his shoulder. And like I said, he's a trash talker. If you put a chip on this guy's shoulder, he's going to play you and play you big. He's in the playoffs right now. There's videos of him going around talking big game, making big plays, putting um, his money where his mouth is. Uh, this guy is what you want in a wide, uh, in a cornerback that we want to recruit in the speed D he's fast. He's athletic. He's got an attitude. He's six foot one. He's very long. Um, I think he's a guy that you could see um, similar to what we're doing with our young cornerbacks right now. Uh, maybe, maybe have the same effect that DJ Graham is having right now in this defense come in next year and try to buy for um, backup cornerback positions to make some plays and maybe turn some heads, especially with Trey Brown leaving. There will be another spot in that cornerback room. So moving on to our next commit was another defender, Nathan Rollins, Kilbong. He is from Portland, Oregon. Very, very weird to hear Portland, Oregon. Uh, whenever it comes to Oklahoma, you would not think we're going to grab guys around there, but he is a six foot seven, 240 pound. We're going to play him at that rush position, you know, that Nick Benino position. And he's a straight up athlete. He got recruited as a basketball player and a football player. We still, the jury is out if he wants to walk onto the basketball team, but we have 
the green light for him, like we're doing with Mario Williams. Mario Williams, the wide receiver out of Plant City, Florida. Um, he will be playing for the baseball team. He will be doing the split program like Kyler Murray did. And a lot of recruits like to see that we did so well in balancing our football with Kyler Murray and baseball with Kyler Murray, where he was a top 10 pick in both first round picks of their draft. Everyone, everyone plays multiple sports growing up if you're an athlete. And if you want to play both, it's very easy to look at our track record and say, I want to go there because they've done it well before. They know how to handle things. And our recruiting office does really good about setting up a plan and setting up a schedule for them saying, like, if you did do this, you go to baseball practice here and then you come back, lift weights with the football team. This is how your day would look. And we have everything very organized to where it's very attractive to people. So if Nathan does want to play basketball, he could. I don't know if he will. Uh, I, my guess is he wouldn't. I feel like it would have came out beforehand, but you never know. You never know if he hops into the basketball world, but very good rush position. This is our straight up athlete, big six foot seven coming off the edge fast. That's scary. That's scary in a Grinch offense. We've seen how good statistically rush guys can be um, because all they have to do is get after the quarterback run sideline to sideline. Um, that's why talk where if we put Kenneth Murray there, you know, last year, how amazing of his stats would be already. He was already a first-round pick of the draft. How much better would he look if he was at that rush position? But Benito has really done himself a good job this year and might even go to the draft because how much better are you going to get if you have the best pressure rate in the in the college football at Benito? This is – it's hard to get much better than that. So, yeah, there's going to be room at the rush. Um, and Nathan Rollins, Kabong, um, is going to take a little bit to develop. Um, more into that position, but you want to be, you want to come to OU if you're like that. If you're a six foot seven rusher, that's that's a that's a dream to play that position. So next up, we've got a cornerback, six foot one, another big guy out of Virginia. This is the guy I was telling you, Kelvin Gilliams, uh, teammate, uh, Damon Harmon, uh, another big cornerback. Not much more to say here. I uh, hope he's still a four star. Uh, hopefully, we can move him into an, the next line of uh, speed D's, long, fast uh, defensive backs. Another big defensive backs, another four star. This is the second guy from Oklahoma, Jordan Mukes out of Choctaw. Another basketball player, barely, he, he was very late to come to football and was also a late offer for Oklahoma. We were not sure if we wanted to offer him or not. Um, remember Kendall Daniels? We, we wanted him, but we wanted to put him at linebacker rather than safety. Jordan Mukes is a safety. This is your six foot four guy in the middle of the field. Sees the field very well. His rankings have been rising up more and more. And because he's still learning the game. And I think he's going to turn into, in a couple of years, a great, great piece for the speed. D. When you're six foot four, an athlete, if he can put the pieces together, get the intangibles of being a football player, he'll be very special. Next up is linebacker out of Florida, Danny Stutzman, another guy whose rankings have seen jump since he's gotten um, the OU offer. He's a four-star according just to the regular 247. I saw they won Florida Player of the Year according to one newspaper or poll um, at that position because he plays both. Um, plays very well at the wide receiver. He'll be strictly a linebacker for us. You see him move inside and be an inside linebacker rather than that rush position. Uh, six foot two and a half, 215 pounds, good measurables. Uh, Happy for him. Happy for him. Um, and I'm glad that we got on him early before one of the big dogs come in and snatch him because I don't think many people have tried to go after him because it seems like he's been so solid on OU. I think he's very excited to come and play for Odom. So next up is Colin Montgomery. He's a guard from Episcopal High School in Bel Air, Texas. 
you've seen he's been very vocal vocal about this class. He's been to the Sooner Summit. He's been to many of the other visits, including the most recent game uh, with Caleb Williams and Rebecca Buka. He was there. Uh, Four-star, according to 247 themselves. Uh, just another solid offensive lineman, Bill Beanball. Any kind of offensive lineman that Bill Beanball offers, I trust that he can make them into someone good. Despite what's been going on this year, uh, I think that he'll still um, have good potential to move on going forward in this offensive uh, line room. So we're almost done with the class here. The last one is our only JUCO commit, and that's a defensive tackle out of Iowa Western. And Isaiah Coe, he was also here at the Sooner Summit Part 2 Um and he is the 28th ranked JUCO player in the nation, defensive tackle. It's just nice whenever you have an older um, D-line group to get in one JUCO guy that has a little bit more under his wing, has a little bit more experience to come in. If he, um, if our younger guys like Kelvin Gilliam isn't ready to play defensive tackle, we can move Isaiah Coe into that. Isaiah Coe is 305 pounds right now. Um, Speed D wants you under 300, so he'll have to lose a little bit of weight. But – um, you know, Thibodeau liked what he saw from him. So uh, you got to be happy that we got one Juco guy in the boat just in case our younger guys are not ready moving forward, especially with last class. We did not get really at all any defensive lineman other than our Juco guys. And that was a little bit um, concerning. So getting another Juco to follow up plus young guys that can play the inside is very good for us. So now we've gotten to through all of our commits what everyone wants to know is what's going on with the guys um, that we don't have yet that, that could join us in this class. So we will just go in order of when they're announcing. I'll make a little note again about Emeka Egbuka. He announced on Friday the 11th in um, committed to Ohio State. Um, next up on our targets that are announcing soon, on Wednesday on um, unofficial signing day, we do have Savion Bird. Savion Bird is from Duncan, Texas, Duncanville, Texas, and he uh, is a very high-end four-star offensive lineman, offensive tackle. Um, you can see him as a right tackle moving forward and is all, a very, very you know good recruit. He used to be a five-star. His ranking dropped a little bit, uh, but you know we'd be very, very happy to have him. Here's our thing. Sooner Summit, we did have an O drop, and that was him. Savion Bird was the O. But it's been a while since then, and we're in a race right now between us and SMU. I know this is really weird to hear. Why are we trying to fight for a very high-end recruit from SMU? Duncanville, their high school, their coach, they have a family connection to the SMU staff. So there's a lot, a lot of kids that go to Duncanville and want to go and play for SMU because that's what their four years in high school have been hyped into them. Say, I've got very good connections here. They'll take care of you. It's just like being at home. Everything's going to be okay. And that, and that's like a, a kind of, you know, a security blanket for a lot of those kids. And it helps them get in the door and get offers um, from SMU. And maybe if they weren't, but Savion Bird's a different breed. You know, he's the number 62 ranked player in the nation. The easy choice for him to go to SMU, stay at home. But if you want to go play for the best offensive line coach in the nation, you go and play for OU. It, it's as simple as that. So right now, where do we think he's going to go? It's honestly really close 50-50. We don't know if it's OU. We don't know if it's SMU. Some crystal balls have came in him for, for SMU, but some of the recruiting sites are saying that 
SMU has not gotten a commitment from him yet. They still don't know. We still don't know. But what we do know is he told Lincoln Riley this year at the Sooner Summit that he is committing to Oklahoma. And we have not heard anything since then that he's backed off of that. So he's got some thinking to do, um, but it's really close, 50-50. I hope we get him moving forward. So next up on guys announcing um, would be Bryce Foster. Bryce Foster is announcing on December 18th. So that would be on the Friday right after early signing day. I would presume that he is going to sign uh, secretly and then announce on that 18th. And he is from Katy, Texas. He's an offensive guard, nicknamed the Mountain, according to his Twitter. He's a five-star on Rivals. Other sites have him a little bit lower, lower, but he is a five-star guy. And he is the biggest commit that we want to see coming this next week. This is the guy we want the most. He is a two-sport athlete, and he wants to play track and field to wherever he goes. And another thing, like I said earlier, and we did it with Mario Williams, which is so attractive for him with baseball. We've set out a plan of how can you play track and field, throw your shot, put, throw, throw your discus, and at the same time play football. We've made it out for him. And as soon as we did that plan, we went to the number one spot over Texas A&M. Texas A&M were very, very worried about him because he's an extremely large legacy when it comes down to Texas A&M. His mom is a diehard fan. She's on the message boards of Texas A&M, you know, go ags or whatever it is, you know, their 247 site. She's always talking every single time he comes to OU, she always has to go on like compensate on the Texas A&M site. No, 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 no. We're still considering Texas A&M. It's, it's okay. And they're just pushing it over forward, moving forward. Bryce Foster has been wanting to come to Oklahoma for a long time. He came uh, a couple weeks ago, not just in our summit part two, but the, the weekend before to the game. And he liked what he saw again. There's, there's nothing bad to say. And I would give this probably an 80% chance he comes to OU. 20% just because the family is so strong towards Texas A&M. If they had it their way, they're going to say, hey, you're going Texas A&M, but it does not seem like he's got that toxic family environment where it's like you're going to Texas A&M and it doesn't matter what you like. It seems like they've kind of let him do his thing. And like I said earlier, the plan of track and field versus, um, with football and how we can handle it has put us over the top. Kyler Murray has done so much for our program when it comes down to that, this recruiting class. So Bryce Foster, Katy, Texas, offensive guard, five-star corner to rivals, should be going to Oklahoma announcing Friday, hopefully um, signing on the early signing period on Wednesday. Next up, who's going to um, commit next? Wheaton. Wheaton, Kamar Wheaton. We know that he is announcing on uh, December 23rd. Um, I'm not 1,000% sure that if he's going to like secretly sign in the early dots and then move on forward. This guy's recruiting has been very, very silent. He does not talk much if he's recruiting. I mean, if he's going on a visit somewhere, you don't hear about it until he's here. Um, no one's chirping about him. It's very difficult. But he has a final two with us in Alabama. I understand people will pay attention to recruiting. We're a little bit nervous about that. What happened to us last recruiting class for running backs? We got really thin because at the last second, Jason McClellan, guy who's been in the boat for two and a half years, flipped and went over to Alabama. Is this going to be another story like this where he goes to Alabama at the last second? I don't foresee that, 
but like I said, I don't have any sources. And the people I read, people really don't understand. 247 crystal balls, there's nine predictions for them all to go to OU. Um, right now, you'd figure OU is the favorite. But just because he's so quiet, I'm not ready to say he's going to be a Sooner. But we have put all of our eggs in this basket when it comes down to running backs. Uh, if we don't get him, we're, he's the only running back um, that we're going to take in this class. We only want one. So if we don't get him, we'll be scrambling. And it might be a little dicey. I, I know that there has been some word about LJ Johnson. He's a Tex, another Texas running back um, thinking about uh, – maybe being our backup option. Um, but the teams that are have him as their number one, you know, Texas A&M going after him hard, Texas going after him hard, more likely Texas A&M being a problem there. He'd rather go to someone that he doesn't want to be the backup plan. And um, yeah, Kamar Wheaton, put all our eggs in one basket, hope for the best, uh, maybe an early Christmas gift on December 23rd, um, running back out of Garland, Texas, the best running back in the country according to some number two by most sites behind Travion Henderson, the Ohio state commit that we really wanted, but uh, Ohio state's recruiting class is just ridiculous this year. So we couldn't beat him out there, but still Kamar Wheaton, very, very good running back can move into this um, program and get early minutes as we've seen from Seth McGowan at the beginning of the season. And if Ramondre Stevenson did end up leaving Um, next up on who would um, be announcing next, is Tristan Lee. Tristan Lee will be announcing at his All-Star game on January 2nd. Uh, I figure he will be signing early in the early signing period secretly and then announcing then. Um, I'm, I'm not also not very 100% on that. That, that news doesn't want to get out too much. He just, Tristan Lee is the office. So we, for the people who don't know, Tristan Lee is the offensive tackle from the East Coast that we thought no shot that we could go out and get a guy from Virginia. But then Caleb Williams opened the door with him. We started talking. Oh, no way we get him from LSU. You know, LSU has gone into fire. Even though they beat Florida this week, they actually helped us in Tristan Lee's recruitment because no way he's going to go to LSU in that toxic environment. And Tristan Lee was on a visit checking out Florida this weekend as LSU just upset Florida. It's, I think it is very clearly he's coming to OU. I think he wants to be the left tackle next to Caleb Williams. And he is the number 11th ranked player in the nation, according to 247's composite. This is a five-star guy that we're, we should be landing out of the East Coast, which would be huge, absolutely huge for this um, recruiting class moving forward. And I think that... If he signs early on that dot and then he announces on January 2nd, we are going to get one of, you know, the most surprising gets, not a last second surprising gets, but just the storyline, just surprising of how did we get this guy offensive tackle, one of the best in the nation from Virginia to come all the way to Oklahoma. His family said, wherever you go, we're moving with you. And so his family's going to move with him if he comes to Norman. They'll, they might find a place, link up with the Williams family. And we also have offered his little brothers in the 2023 class. This is the 2021, so two years younger. And Aiden Lee, uh, you know, he's got a lot of time to develop. Um, but it's kind of just a, if you want him, you've got to offer his, his little brother too, especially if they're moving to OU. And it's worth it. I would take two scholarships to get one of the best offensive tackles in the game come to Oklahoma. Are you kidding me? And you know, never know that the, the little brother might be really, really good, but if, if he ends up not, it doesn't matter. We just spent two scholarships for a great, great offensive tackle. 
But, you know, Aiden Lee could be, you know, the next big guy. So you never know. 2023 is so far down the line. The kid has a lot of puberty to go through too still. So, um, yeah, that's that's really it. We I know I've mentioned Jardin Gilbert, the Louisiana safety. We would like to get another safety in this class. But he did get that LSU offer. And when you're from Baton Rouge – and you get an LSU offer, it's hard to take it down. So I, he will be announcing the same day as Tristan Lee on January 2nd, and I don't foresee us getting that commitment just because if you're from Baton Rouge, you go to school at LSU. It's And plus, they're DVU. It's kind of hard to go away from that if you have an offer from LSU as a D-back from Baton Rouge. Other than that, is there anything surprising that could happen this Wednesday? I don't foresee so. What I do expect is Oklahoma's media – and uh, media team and graphics team doing another great job figuring out uh, how everything's going to look. I suspect there might be something to do with OU, um, Lincoln Riley's Photoshop, the Rolls Royce that they had with all the shoes in the back. There's something that probably will be related to that because we haven't seen too many pictures from that. Uh, you know, we had the we had the new wave tapes in 19, and then in 20, the two deep, we had the guy that went around all of the nation, jumped, jumped out of planes and stuff. Not as cool as the record tapes, I thought. Um, you know, and we've had the, the player trading cards announced by different um, former OU athletes, all really cool stuff. And I expect OU's graphic and video department to blow it out of the park again. So all in all, we're going to have a great class. Um, if we had a Mekeg Buka, we'd probably be one of our best class we've had since the Adrian Peterson, Rep Bomar class. But even if we just get Tristan Lee, Savion Bird, Bryce Foster, Kamar Wheaton, you know, that is three five-star guys right there that I just named that we still don't have yet in this class. Um, and it would be huge for us moving forward because even though recruiting rankings really don't matter much to coaches when it comes down to talent, you know, it's big for hype. We're the number 10th ranked um, in the nation right now. We probably move up close to, you know, that six and five range. I know there's people that's done calculations. I don't know what would happen if we moved up and got those guys. Um, so yeah, moving forward, I, I, this is going to be a great recruiting class and we should be very, very thankful for Caleb Williams and everything he's done for us. And Caleb Williams will be an early enrollee along with Billy Bowman, Mario Williams, Cody Jackson, Angelo Farouk. So he's going to have his wide receivers next to him playing early, coming in the spring and getting ready to go be that backup quarterback role for Spencer Rattler and his soon to be NFL prove it year. So that's all for, uh, for your long, intensive 35-minute Cruton Corner. I will do a little ode to Bobby and ask if there's anything else that y'all want. I do see zero viewers on the live stream right now, but I saw there's a couple going out throughout. I'm just joking, Bobby. No offense there. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, this has been the Schooner Bogs, um, Schooner Pod, um, Cruton Corner special edition for early signing period that will be this Wednesday. So I hope y'all have a great week.